up, citizens? It's Vincent Jones, a.k.a. Citizen Jones, here with another episode of Quarantine and Chill, a daily podcast where we talk to LGBTQ people from around the world, learning more about their story and how they are experiencing the coronavirus pandemic, or what I affectionately call the zombie apocalypse. So grab a drink with or without alcohol and tag a few friends on the socials to join you for this kiki. And let's quarantine and chill. You know you can't go nowhere. Hell no. Hello there, Zach. How's it going in Hollywood? It's going well. It's a beautiful day today. Um, there's no pollution. Isn't so, that amazing? <laughs> it is kind of amazing that there's literally... That Los Angeles is now, I just was reading something like among major cities actually has the least amount of pollution of, of uh, major cities of size. It's kind of crazy. It's, it's insane. I've never thought I would hear that in my lifetime. Yeah. I mean, for all the awful things that are happening because of this, I think it kind of is wonderful that like there are some, you know, little glimmers of hope at least. Yeah, well, let's. Well, so, so, so you're, I know you're in LA and Hollywood is a part of LA. Maybe you can share to uh, our listeners a little bit of what you like about Hollywood and what it's like to live there. Um, yeah, I love Hollywood. Hollywood is really kind of like the center of Los Angeles. Um, you got downtown to the east, you've got, um, you know, the west side was Hollywood and Santa Monica to the west. Um, you have the hills above. And so it's, you know, you're kind of, central to a lot of um the, what la has to offer i i think hollywood is is in the last few years has definitely seen like a, a a brand new kind of vibrancy a lot of new apartment buildings a lot of um uh new restaurants and just kind of a um a new surge of energy has gone through this neighborhood um i think of course it's known as being the center of the entertainment industry mm-hmm. um and while for a long time you know, there was there were studios here in, in in the golden age of Hollywood, and there's the Walk of Fame and all that. They moved out to Burbank and Studio City and all these places where, um, you know, this really wasn't the center of um, where TV and film were getting made. Now that's kind of changed. I mean, Netflix is here now. I mean, I I'm in my apartment. I'm overlooked the Viacom building. Like, there's a lot happening here, um, and it feels like a really creative, vibrant neighborhood, which is really nice to, uh, you know, to live in. Oh, good. And, and I feel like Hollywood's one of those places where it's a state of mind as well as a physical location. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, I guess you can. I, I, I do think that, you know, one of the things I love about Los Angeles and, and living in Hollywood is just the amount of creative people doing awesome creative things People move here from all over the world um, to achieve a dream. And I think there is something that is very um, Americana about that in an old-fashioned way that, you know, there's still that idea. And I think it still happens where that person moves from the small town to L.A., to Hollywood. And, uh, you know, that, and a lot of that, you know, that's kind of my story, too, of moving from that small town to a big city and seeing if you can make it. And I think, you know, it's changed from the way it was in like the 1930s and 40s and and Hollywood is constantly reinventing itself. Mm -hmm. But like, 
you know, you have the influencers, you have all these people who are, you know, approaching what it means to be a celebrity or what it means to be creative, what it means to be an artist, all of that um, in 2020. I love it. And we'll get more into you and your creative life and your um, very powerful life story. But first, let's do some hot topics, okay? Oh, that's hot. All right, let's do it. So you're a frequent traveler. And if you're like me, you've been wondering one major thing. How will this affect my mileage status for next year? (laughs) 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 I know... uh, I know it's one of the least important things of all of this, but I know for those of us frequent travelers, it's definitely on our mind. And you might have read um, that United and Delta have both extended the status you currently have for this year through 2021. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think that's the right thing to do? Um, or were you, were you worried about that prior to those moves? Or, or this is, what's your reaction to that? And I think it's a tough situation for all the airlines right now. I really feel for them. Um, I really feel, and I I think travel is going to be completely different. I mean, I, I think about like jumping on a Norwegian air flight and going to uh, Paris for $300. Like, I don't even know that's going to be in our future. Um, I think, you know, I, I think it's great that they're, you know, making these concessions. I think, they're probably gonna have to do more. I think it's going to be, um, I think travel is going to be really hit and miss for a long time. And I think mm-hmm. it's like, I know for me, it's going to be tricky to decide like, what trip do I want to take? Am I really like, it's like, is this going to happen? And like, and I think, you know, those of us who do travel a lot and get, you know, uh, comfortable with, um, know the certain amenities like it'll be nice to have those and uh hopefully those of us who've traveled a bunch will be rewarded for that um but uh i really don't know what's gonna happen i think i think everyone's scrambling right now and they're just trying to figure it all out like i i i I would it'll be really interesting to see you know what what the airline industry will look like in six months or a year yeah yeah i I hope i hope I hope that like there is, you know, still cheap travel and there's still travel that is accessible to people, accessible to everyone. I think that's one of the great things about like my generation and our generation and, and, and being a, you know, somebody, um, being a millennial is that like, I've been able to see the world on, you know, a budget that. I don't think you could have done 50 years ago or 40 years not, ago or 30 years ago. Not even, not even 20 years ago. When I was in college, um, I live in, I grew up in LA. I went to college outside of Philadelphia and it would cost around five or $600 to do that flight one way and one way. And nowadays, um, don't ask me, no, it'll be, that'll be round trip. I'll just have a long, my return would be far out in the van. But, um, now I can fly to from here to New York. I can fly from here to like Columbia or somewhere even further for less than that. Um, so, you, so it, it has become very cheaper, much cheaper to fly and travel. On a different topic, something that's been also I saw in the news is there's this quarantine pillow challenge. Have you heard about heard, heard about that? I've heard about. I don't exactly know what it is. What, fill me in. So basically, it's mostly gay guys will get a really big pillow and make it fashion. And so they'll make the dress, they'll, they'll make the pillow 
like a dress, they'll get a belt, maybe a um, a, um, a fanny pack, and they'll like <laughs> they'll, they'll, <laughs> whatever else, and they'll make it fashion, and then they'll pose. Would you do that? Would I do it? Yes. I mean, why not? We have. I have I literally to, nothing else to do right now. I mean, I like, want to see proof. I want to see proof. I want to see you do it, and then we'll post it on on the Instagram page. How about that? I'll <laughs> okay, do it. I'll, right. I'll do it too if you do it. How about that? <laughs> all right. If you do, if you do it, I'll do it. You do. You go first. Okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> Famous last words. Okay. I see you. We see each other. We see each other. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But it's so crazy. People have been finding ways to entertain themselves with these social media challenges what's the craziest one that you've seen or one you're obsessed with oh my god i'm loving i mean i i i one of my favorite things is like what kind of gay are you through the quarantine and i've seen like there's like the baking gay yeah, yeah you got yeah. like the tiktok gay <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. You... <laughs> yeah 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 i mean i love all of it i think it's awesome just like how creative people were being like all of it i'm here for it i'm i'm like i i'm all about it i mean i can't think of anything like right at the top of my head of like the, the best of them but there's some there's some pretty good ones so you're creative um you are you produce um a show that i definitely binge at the beginning of all this um i i, I think you did love is blind yeah i love that show it was great um so uh, so so, 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 so before we get to Love is Blind, I do want to talk about that a little bit. But just to share a little bit about your background, and then we'll have a little segment to just talk more about Love is Blind. <laughs> I know. It's, it, I've seen it on a lot of lists of people's favorite, like, uh, binge-worthy quarantine stuff, where um, that and Tiger King, what would we do without it? Right. Um, <laughs> I feel like every episode so far we've mentioned Tiger King because it is my obsession right now, and I think it is all of all of the world obsession right now. What did, did Carol Baskin do it? I think she did it. I think she, <laughs> of course, she did it. She had to have done it. She had to have done it. She had to. And and I think I think I think her current husband is afraid um, to say anything about it. Mm, I know she, he looks like he's kind of, uh, she, she wears the pants in that family. Yeah. So, but, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I applaud. I, I'm, I grew up in household of strong women. However, the problem comes when you feed your husband to the tiger because he wants to divorce you. <laughs> That's where I draw the line. <laughs> I don't know. However, um, I will say, I will say this. I will say this. I do believe she did it. What, I wonder, and we didn't get the full story in the doc in the series, docu series. What was their what, what was it like with her and their husband? I got the impression that he was crazy, based upon the way that they met. Was he abusive? Was there other stuff going on, or was it just that she was because his ex wife and their family made it out to be like she was evil? But but let's let's talk more about you and your background and how you got to be a producer and everything else. And then we'll talk a little bit more about your, your last show. Yeah. Um, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, definitely not traveling. Um, I, um, grew up in a little town called Nevada city, California, between Sacramento and Tahoe. Um, it was beautiful. Um, but you know, like the town next door was called rough and ready. Like that's the name. That's the name of the town. Rough and ready, and it's the only place in California to secede from the Union. 
So they have like Confederate Day every year. Like you're this kidding is me. Like, this is like like red state California. There's like also like this the county. The county is called Nevada County. It's in California, and right. it had the name Nevada before the state. So when the state of Nevada took the name Nevada, the county like reshaped itself like as a pistol pointing towards Nevada. So if you actually look on a map, and this is like this is true that the state is actually <laughs> a pistol because they took the name Nevada. I mean, um, so I wanted to get the hell out as like a gay kid, and I grew up you know playing violin. Um, and that kind of was my first, you know, was kind of a blessing cause it was a kind of a ticket out and it, you know, I, you know, I took a, I did like a tour of Europe when I was like 12. I did a tour of Brazil when I was like 14. I started seeing the world. I was like, oh wow, there's like a, there's a world outside of here. And as like a, a young gay kid, that was very inspiring. So, um, I moved down to LA when I was 16. I went down to UCLA. Um, and, uh, you know, what was, uh, just w- was studying down here was immediately fell in love with Los Angeles. Um, especially being, a, you know, a small, uh, a gay kid from a small town, this big city. Um, and, uh, I didn't really think I would end up in Hollywood, but I, um, got a job, um, at a law firm at an entertainment law firm. And I realized, boy, I really, I really hate law. But entertainment's actually kind of fun. <laughs> but you wanted to be a lawyer? You were thinking about being a lawyer beforehand? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, boy, but like, I can't deal with law, but like entertainment's kind of fun. And then I, um, you know, I started working like a, like a talent, a small talent agency. And then right out of college, I got a show, a job on the show, um, Ugly Betty as an assistant to um, Sylvia Horta, who actually passed away oh, earlier this I year. Know. I knew Sylvia. Yeah. I was so sad. Yeah, Sylvia was a, a is a is a dear friend and um, got me my start in Hollywood. And remember, uh, I actually actually met him. My, my friend of mine was his a friend of a friend was his either his I think his, either his lawyer or was a lawyer for I think the lawyer for Disney who was like um, doing the deal on the other side of him of him. And I met him at um, I think it was Koi or one some restaurant on on on, you know, on that strip. And he was just like this fun-loving guy, and he was just so sweet. Um, and then we just like hung out all night, um, like right when the show was about to start, and we our paths was crossed many times after that. And it was very sad to hear about him, what happened. Yeah, he's he's a wonderful, wonderful man. Um, and so he, you know, he, I worked for him, uh, and then I worked at CBS um, as an assistant. I, I put in my years as an assistant, five years as an mm-hmm. assistant. Um, working in the alternative development space at CBS and then um, finally left there and uh, started working on the show Big Brother. And I've been, I, I produced 15 seasons of Big Brother. So I've been, I've, we're, um, I've done Celebrity Big Brother. I've done everything under the sun with that show. And um, so that is uh, kind of been my bread and butter. And, and, and I've really grown up on that show. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a freelance life. So you, you jump from show to show to show. Um, I, uh, you know, I worked on house kitchen. Um, like you said, I did love is blind. Uh, I was just about to do a new, uh, dating show for HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in, uh, pre-pro for that pre-production for that. And, uh, then all this craziness hit. So, 
Um, it's been a wild ride, but yeah, I've been I've been producing for about uh, eight or nine years now. So with the HBO show on hold until this is all over, or you don't know what's going to happen, or or can you? Uh, yeah, it's postponed indefinitely right now. So gotcha. I, as you know, I think almost everything is. And so I, I think what's I, you know, maybe hard for a lot of people who don't work in the industry to to kind of realize is a lot of these shows have tremendous amount of staff, and you're looking at you know, hundreds of people who are working on something where you're only seeing a few people on screen, but there's a lot right. of people behind the scenes who are working, you know, long hours, really closely together. And, um, it makes it very difficult to, uh, to do anything in this sort of climate. And they're working on it, not for a while before, cause even love is blind. As I, as I understand it, um, it was actually filmed a while ago, right? Oh yeah, I and I actually I wasn't um, I wasn't in production that I did post production on that and uh, I was uh, but yeah that was it was quite a while before that it aired I Netflix holds like two on years this. I think two years or something like that no uh, yeah 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 and then and but I you have to think there was a tremendous amount of footage for that you have mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. these people um, talk in you know, all these people and these pods and all that. And so it takes a long time to uh, put those episodes together and, and shape the stories and all that. And, but it, it really, really, I think, you know, you never know how these things, when you're working on them, you know, if they're going to hit, hit a, um, a chord or not. And boy, love is blind really kind of hit at the right moment. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I, I'm kind of blown away by how much how much audiences have liked it? Yeah, no. At first, I thought cause I watched the circle, um, um, like right before watching Love Is Blind. Oh yeah, I the love circle, the circle. The circle, I w- it was okay to me. I think I think people were being too nice. Um, I don't think I think it, I think they were. So I, I don't know, but the circle, maybe with the next, I'm sure there'll be another season of it, and I'll have to give it a try. But with Love Is Blind, I mean, I felt it was it was just a fascinating idea because. Like, you know, because you, you, you think you do want to fall in love with a person, not just their, their looks and their exterior, and you are able to really um, connect to that in a deep way. And um, luckily, you know, everybody in the show was hot. Like, everyone in the show was hot. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, oh, my goodness, that one. And that was like, oh, you can't go wrong. Um, <laughs> you can't go wrong. And then, but I, but I was glad at first. I thought it was going to be like the circle, where they were just in the pods the entire in the pods the entire time. But I love how they went from the pods and then to the one on one and the resort. And that's a resort that I know and I love that place. It's a beautiful resort in a beautiful part of Mexico. And then they went all together, and then the home, and then the wedding. And at first, I thought like, well, why wait until they get to the into the altar to find out what happens or not. But it was like, this is gold. Cause I would say myself, <laughs> I'm like, she's going to say yes. No, no, no. She's going to say no. Oh, no, wait, wait. But then, and I was like, it was fascinating. It was so fascinating. You know, I think it's really, it, it is really interesting because, um, it, the, the format really lends itself to, to talking about the kind of tough subjects and, mm-hmm. and, and we, you know, we had, you know, so, um, discussions about sexuality and race and all these sorts of things that I think, um, you know, sometimes 
on other dating shows, you don't necessarily get to go, you know, like unpeel that onion to that point and, and really kind of have those conversations. And I, I always, you know, I love social experiments. I love, that's why I love big brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, big brother's fun and silly and there's like all this drama and there's all that, but end of the day, love is blind or big brother, or, um, all these shows that are, I, I think that work, make you look at the world a little bit differently and, and make you examine your own relationships and, and really help you look at what happens when you put strangers in like, and what happens because we all come with different sorts of biases. We all have, mm-hmm. we all have um, our hangups or our quirks. And when you kind of put people in these not necessarily natural scenarios, you kind of see people at their at their core, at their best and their worst, and you and you see uh, a different side of humanity, which I I think is what you know kind of draws people to all these shows. Do you feel like we are kind of living um, multiple Big Brother episodes all around the world? People people are locked in with their families and friends for the first time for a long period of time. You know, I thought about that. I, I, you know, we are kind of cut off and it is, it is interesting that, you know, we're all kind of going through this. I'd say it's more like the circle and it is big brother, but, um, we have an outlet to, to social media and TV and video and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we're kind of in, mm-hmm. I, I think what's really interesting about all this is we've started really relying and it just shows how uh how much ingenuity we have as a people that we can like mm-hmm. we start relying on zoom or house party or whatever we're using mm-hmm. and you know immediately we're up and running like like having zoom parties and doing whatever we're doing to have that social connection um i you know i live alone but I, I know for a lot of people, like for, for a lot of families, like this could be, uh, it's a lot of time with the same people. So I imagine yeah. you do have some big brother type of elements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know, and in your story, um, you, um, you glossed over a few things that I do know, um, if you care to share. Um, I know you, um, um, and I, and I'm, so, so I, so I, I know, I know you were a point, a point fellow. I, I think you were a point fellow. If I'm right with the. Oh uh, yeah, point foundation, a point scholarship. Yeah. So they gave me a. Um, I when I applied to them, they had just started, and I, um, for those that don't know, the point foundation is the only national LGBT scholarship uh, that gives uh, substantial grants to uh, uh, deserving LGBT uh, students, um, who, uh, many of which have had stories of discrimination or have done really wonderful things to the LGBT community out, um, outside of, um, through uh, uh, a mar- having been marginalized. Um, so I um, was lucky enough to um, get these, the scholarship right out of um, uh, high school. Um, you know, I was, I was um, a young kid. I was uh, 16 years old and just starting UCLA. And, uh, I had started like my gay trade Alliance in high school. And, um, I had a kind of a, it was, a, you know, it was a different time and it was, it's amazing how we like, 
in 20 years, how far we've come. I'm 32. Yeah. Yeah. And like when I was 14 or 15 and I was out in high school and I like started my gay straight Alliance, it wasn't easy. It really wasn't. And, uh, especially in my little small town. And so I was really lucky to have gotten the scholarship. Um, my family at the time wasn't supporting me to go through school. So, um, I was really lucky to get that and to have, to be kind of be connected to a, a group of queer people that, um, really had my back. And I think what's, Mm -hmm. you know, what's interesting is, you know, as gay people, as, uh, queer people, we don't necessarily, we aren't, we're like the only minority that isn't born into people who look like us or act like us or, or we're not born into our own culture. So we have to make our own families in a lot of of ways. And so I'm really thankful for the Flint Foundation scholarship, um, because they really connected me with a lot of really successful, wonderful gay people who were doing, um, wonderful things and who could be mentors and people who I could kind of look to and be like, Oh, I kind of want to be like that. Right. Which I, you know, you don't really have that growing up as a gay kid. And ask that question. I wanted to delve more into this part of your story for two reasons. One, because I think I'm sure there are many people who are listening who, who would love to be a producer or would love to be in Hollywood behind the screen or in front of the screen and think that it happens overnight. They can just look good or whatever else and show up at the right party and bam, it all happens. But, <laughs> but you worked really hard to get to that point. And people, there are some people who think that you have to be born to certain families or whatever else, but you, you, you didn't, you were able to really work to get to where you are. You had some, some help along the way, but you, it would, you really worked there. But the other thing I'm thinking about around the United States, about 40% or so of homeless youth are LGBT or the, or if they're not homeless, there's a large number of, of queer youth who are living in homes in small and big towns where they're not supported, where they don't have this um, chosen family to support them and lift them up. And they're now with them 24-7. And I wonder if you can think back to when you were that age, um, when you were in um, Nevada County, um, how could you, what do you think about, what do you think your experience would have been like? And, and or how do you think folks who were living who are living their life today what do you think their experience is like right now during this during the, the pandemic and the lockdown and everything i mean that's has been one of my biggest fears about this whole situation is um domestic abuse and um you know being stuck i mean, i i grew up in the middle of nowhere uh, about an hour from the nearest town of 2,500 people. And, and I, you know, I, there was a history of abuse in my family and I, I can, I, when you say that and you bring that scenario to me, it really hits home. Um, and I just have so much compassion for those that I inevitably are going through that right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, for me, the, the thing that got me through it was having a light at the end of the tunnel, was it having, whether it was music or art, 
or um, or having just some idea of what my ticket out would be. And, and, and a lot of that was, was, you know, series like Will and Grace. Mm -hmm. And, and I, one of the wonderful things now that, that has just grown is there's all, there's, um, is just seeing art that queer people were making and seeing a, a world outside of the, the bubble that you're in. Um, I think re- for people to reach out to people who that, that if the, I think the internet is wonderful because you can reach out to people who are like, who are like you, who may not live near you, but who, who can um, know what you're going through and, uh, and focusing on um, your strengths and just keeping yourself safe. I, I, it's, it's a really, I think it's a really, really tough thing that probably a lot of people are going through right now. Yeah. You know, this morning to that point, a friend of mine from high school, she posted something that was very powerful and that I want to, I'm trying to figure out how to spread the word about. So she basically said, um, something to the effect of if there's anyone, um, any of my friends who are being abused, and if you see this, message me asking if I still sell Mary Kay. And then that way she'll know that you're that there's an abuse issue. And then she said, if it's really serious and you need immediate help, ask for this specific project, I mean, some product, and then I'll ask you for your address so I can know where to send it to, and I'll call the police. And I thought that that was like a great idea. It's similar to what they have in some bars, like they um, tell women to ask mm-hmm. for a certain drink if they're being harassed or whatever. And I feel like there should be there could, there should be a way where we can give different messages where friends can get different messages to people in their network if they're in crisis, like a, a coded way to be able to say I need help and to call the authorities. I think it's one of the reasons why you know, organizations like the Trevor Project are so mm-hmm. important. So um, important. And why, you know, th- that there's just somebody there at all times for uh, no matter who you are, when I, I think there's a lot of people, whether they're, they're kids at home with their parents um, and their parents may be homophobic or anti, are anti-trans or whatever they are, um, I think there's a lot of people that have mental health. Uh, I know I suffer with anxiety and depression. I know that this kind of, that, that the isolation of this event has to be hitting people in incredible ways. Mm-hmm. And I really hope people are reaching out to people are really are, are asking for help. And then, and then those of us who are doing better, are reaching out to those people who we maybe we are, are, are silent. You haven't heard from them in a bit and mm-hmm. just looking out for our neighbor and looking out for those of us, because I think this is going to affect us in profound ways, whether it's in mental health or substance abuse issues. I think a lot of people are going to struggle through this. And I think, uh, especially in the gay community, we have to be there for each other. How have you been gathering and connecting with your friends to um, deal with not being isolated and through all this? 
Oh my God. We, I've been doing zoom parties also yeah. did a zoom bathtub party. Where we're all in bathtubs. It was like a spa I day. Love, I love that. That's the best idea. I love a bathtub. Anybody, <laughs> everybody who knows me knows I take a bath every night. That is amazing. Yeah. We got, we like lit the candles. We're like in there. Like this girl's got her champagne. Like, I love it. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, it was awesome. We like we're laughing and having a good time. I'm. But where I, was the computer, uh, or where was the how? How did you manage the technology and not get wet? Oh, I have my cell phone. I got uh, like a little on a music stand. Oh, that's okay. Got you. That's smart. That's a smart way to do it. Yeah. And then I just and, and then they're not seeing anything you don't want them to see either. Or maybe you want them to see it. Oh my god! Well, <laughs> depends on depends on what kind of bathtub party you're having. <laughs> okay, all right, yes, yes. I love that. that that's a that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Um, I have um, I last night did a just a a Zoom party. Um, one of the greatest things happened last night. This isn't uh, technology based with friends, but um. Somebody on a balcony, um, two blocks or a, about a block and a half away, I looked straight at them uh, as a DJ, got their like whole DJ set up out with like a mm-hmm. light show. And we had like a whole, like the whole neighborhood was like on their balconies, like dancing. It was like, the, you know, through all this darkness, there's some really wonderful things happening. Um, and I think that's really, really cool. Now, two months ago, had that happened, do you imagine your neighbors would have reacted the same way? No, they'd probably be like calling the cops saying, why is this person being so loud? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But I think it's, there's something that really brings us all together. And like, I think really appreciating the simple things is really wonderful. Like just taking that walk and like, you know, being present and being mindful, like has been a lifesaver through this. Like Mm -hmm. just going like, you know, taking a drive or whatever it is has been for me just to like, well, cause I've spent a lot of time alone during this. And I think a lot of us have, mm-hmm. and you really have to like sit with yourself and sit with your feelings. And so, uh, it's good to be around people and kind of you, at least to reach out to people and, and, you know, uh, enjoy the simple things. But you do a lot of, meditation and kind of um meditate and meditation travel or kind of um like um trips that are up, like to the Esalen institute and things like that you know yeah i was you know i was actually just at Esalen um uh in january and uh i'm not sure if everyone knows Esalen but it's it's a kind of a meditation retreat center in big sur it's gorgeous um and it's what's interesting is it's a little bit like this in the sense that once you're there you are completely cut off. There's no cell reception. There's no Wi-Fi, and you're there, and you're just kind of like you're you're very isolated, and you're doing whatever it is you're doing, whether it's meditating or taking a course or yoga or whatever it is. And I, it was a really kind of wonderful thing to do this year before all of this kind of happened. Um, when I found out that I wasn't going to be working on my show anymore, I realized that I was going to be setting myself up to be like spending a lot of time alone and um you know i i the, the the one thing that's really got me through this is just realizing you have to let go i cannot control any of this 
Mm. Like, and that's what mindfulness and meditation has done for me is it's like, you know, like this could last two more months. It could last another month. It could last six more months. Like as much as like, I'm going to be worried about, you know, well, I'm not going to be making money during that time. Like what, like I'm not going to be seeing people like all those things that I can put my head into worrying about. Like as soon as I realized, like I have to accept what's happening and like, I can't control it. Mm-hmm. then like the happier I'm going to be. And that's really, really has been a positive thing for me through this. I feel like I'm, um, I'm really thankful to have that practice during this time. Let's play a little game that we play on Queer Team Chill, okay? Okay. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you a scenario and ask you, what would you do? Okay. Now, I think this scenario is something that many uh um, queer folk, m- many people, regardless of their orientation or whatever, are, are grappling with. I know it's been a topic of conversation among um, me and some of my friends. So, it's week four of the quarantine, I call it the quarantine, and you are craving some sexual healing. <laughs> you, go, you go on the app and you flirt with, you flirt without the intention of really acting on anything until someone you've been waiting to meet for months messages you and invites you over what would you do oh i'm so afraid of everything right now so i (laughs) 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 so so, (laughs) i would probably put a rain check on it what if they were insistent what if they were insistent if they're insistent then we can do a little uh facetime and chill yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love it. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> make the make the iPhone the condom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you stay in your space over there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think it's interesting how people are like are dating now and like getting to know each other and like all that stuff and like you know, there's definitely time to like have that kind of. I guess it's a very long foreplay session. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, and it's so long you have no idea when, when it's going to end. Yeah, no. <laughs> so you have to like you have to figure out a way to make it like get right to that point, but like keep staying right in that little in that comfort zone. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I don't know what I would do in a situation. I know there's someone who I um I met a while ago who was like, "Hey, like kind of like one of those, you know, one of those." text you know it's like hey how's it going i'm like uh you know how it's going we're all dealing with the exact same situation <laughs> got a question. what kind of question is that that's like basically what i say without being so snarky but like this is literally crazy are you people insane just a, a, a mid left and he was like he was really insistent he was like well what if we can both wear masks and so on and so forth i was like i was like listen I am in need, but I do not know how well you've been self-isolating. And I will not let this one moment of pleasure end up in a whole different situation. So I said no. But it was so hard. It was so hard not hard to say no. I have I have to say, people have been coming out of the woodwork. I think <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that all this like uh, this this uh, isolation is <laughs> 
I, I do think that like once this all ends though, it's gonna be like the roaring twenties. Like, oh you know, the nineteen eighteen yeah. flu happened, like yeah. the roaring twenties, people are gonna be crazy. Like Coachella's gonna be on like like <laughs> Burning Man, Coachella, all that stuff is gonna be like heightened. Right. And the gays are gonna you know, be uh You know, I ready. never I never thought about the connection to the roaring twenties and the and the Spanish flu of nineteen eighteen. I That's think there's a, very, there has to be a connection there, right? I mean, yeah, no, definitely has to because that is that is such an interest. I never thought about that, and it's, and I wonder what. And it, the weird thing is, I never knew about the Spanish flu until like two months ago. <laughs> I wonder like, why wasn't that ever talked about? I knew about polio and some of the other things like in like the bubonic plague, but I didn't know that millions of people died um, because of the flu in the beginning of the uh, about a hundred years ago. That's crazy. Well, I hope that like this um, roaring twenties happens sooner now than later. I, I guess the my, my question out of all this though is like, now you have that guy that you know is interested in you, and like he wants to hang out now. Like, but like, can you push that like two months down the road? And like, right, right. And how then long, right. like, <laughs> how long? Is, right. How long? How long is the is the um, is the rain check good for? Basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Citizens, what would you do in a scenario? You can go to our Quarantine and Chill Facebook page to let us know right now. You can also post it to your Instagram story or on Twitter. Just make sure to add us or to use the hashtag Quarantine and Chill. We'll share it. On a summer note, thinking of rain checks, you know, a lot of people have been, had trips planned and had to get either like travel credits or whatever else. But when we are able to travel again, where would you want to travel to? Well, it's, I know, it's actually awful. I, I was supposed to go in May. I had one of my really close friends. I have two close friends having two great parties. One was getting married in Orvieto, right side of Rome. Oh, beautiful. And she was having this beautiful wedding in a monastery, and it was going to be amazing. And I was literally going to go from there to my friend's 30th birthday at this castle in Scotland in Inverness. Oh, you have nice friends. I need to be in that friend. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I... And both of them have had to cancel a wedding and a 30th birthday. Um, and I know one of them is pushing, my friend's 30th birthday is pushing out a year. So it can mm-hmm. be the exact, exact same dates in May of next year. So I got that on my schedule. So mm-hmm. I have my, my next trip planned. I hope that wedding gets pushed too. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've been thinking a lot about that. And um, I really want to go back to China. I love China. I love Shanghai. I love the East meets West. I love the, the mixture of cultures there. Um, so I think like a trip, like for myself, a trip to like Hong Kong and Shanghai would definitely probably be a little in the mix. I love Hong Kong. I had a horrible experience in China. Um, I feel like that can be an episode of a podcast all in itself. Actually, so speaking of podcasts, I'm obsessed with this podcast called Scam Goddess. Have you heard of it? No. Oh my God! the 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 host is from Lacey Mosley, and she talks about like scam, basically. Like, and has all, and she's she's super funny. Has a, a funny guest who talks about like scams in the news, how people like scam people are running and something like that. But my trip to, to China involved one huge scam, and um, it kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. But I have to go back because I, I I studied Chinese in college. And um, I um, wanted, and I've always wanted to go and to really explore. So, if you do go, let me go. Maybe I'll go with you. Let's do it. I love it. I'm like, 
I have to say Shanghai, like the food, like there's some awesome places to go out. I think it's such a cool city. So, and um, you mentioned um, how you were at the Esalen earlier this year. What are what are you doing now to keep yourself sane and well and fit and everything? Um, I'm meditating daily. Um, about I use um an app called Insight Timer, which has okay. a lot of great um all these different meditation teachers from all over the world. Um, I have a couple friends um who are breathwork teachers. Breathwork has been key to me and amazing, and a lot of people mm. like haven't done it, but it's um it's it's actual work. You're actually breathing pretty hard and you kind of go into a state. And I, so I've been doing a lot of that and I found that to be really healing. Um, I definitely have been taking long drives and like listening to books on tape during, hmm. um, and you know, I've just like driven up the coast and just had that time to like, to, to get out of my like little tiny apartment and just, and have some space around me mm-hmm. um that along with some zoom and uh that all that's been really really wonderful also i've been cooking like i really 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 need to do some like soul cycle or something after this because <laughs> like i i made lasagna i've made like all these noodles like i literally like i try and make my own sourdough with my own sourdough starter. Like I'm just turned into one of those people. And I like, and it's, and it's, I'm noticing it in my, uh, in my clothes. So you're the baking, so you're the baking gay right now, basically. I am definitely the baking gay. Hi citizens for today's wellness tips, go to the Clearing Teen and Chill Facebook page. You can even leave some of your own. I've, I've been eating a lot more than I probably have in months because I never have this much food in my apartment. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I'll just go get something to drink. Oh, well, this looks good, too. I'll have a little bit of this. And then I'd go, I'd do that five or six times a day. And then I'm like, I didn't need to eat that. I didn't need to do that. So I'm thinking about doing a Whole30 um, next week um, to be able to uh, start a Whole30 next week where I don't eat. I take out, like, no added sugar, no grains, no legumes, no alcohol. Which is the hardest part. You're taking out all the anything that makes quarantine fun. You're taking away. You're crazy. No, 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 no. You cannot do that. Like literally, there. We only have so much right now. And if yeah. I like, <laughs> if I do the quarantine quintuple, like, yeah, it, it'll. <laughs> yeah, no, right? No, it's it's it's, it's a, but it, but that's the thing. I I want to like. I was starting at the gym. I was like. Like my cousins joke make his joke with me because at Christmas, um, I was talking about how the summer body is made in the winter and how I'm like really working out a lot so I can have a nice body for the summer. Um, but I feel like summer bodies are definitely canceled um for this year. But for my so for my birthday, I have a milestone birthday next summer. And do you remember the episode of Sex in the City where Samantha um on her fiftieth birthday, I'm not I won't be fifty. Um, but on her 50th birthday, just to be clear, I won't be 50. I'm not saying how old I'll be, but I won't be 50. Um, but she had, um, she said she did a nude photo shoot. Do you remember that one? Yes. Yes. So for my next year, for my mouth on birthday, I'm doing a, I'm doing a artistic nude photo shoot and I want to make sure the body is all together for that. Who do you pick to like be your photographer for something like that? Cause I feel like that gets real intimate. 
Hey, maybe they're cute. There can be a moment. No. Um, <laughs> that, Are you, is, this, have, is this who you've been who you've been texting? Is this your COVID buddy? But he could he could be he could be a fluffer maybe it makes sure I'm it makes sure I'm ready for it at the moment. Um, I don't know. Oh my so god! I have to do I have to do I'll have to do auditions to make sure that I have a the appropriate photographer who's going to be able to capture the right mood and right essence of me. <laughs> well, I say good for you. Good for you. That is awesome. But no, but it is. But like the, um, but I definitely um, I feel like I want to. Uh, just hold back on some things. So I'm definitely changing what I order for groceries so I can have more healthy food to snack on. That's my starting point. Um, but at some point, if this goes on too much longer, then I definitely will do some kind of a Whole30 um, or something to be able to um, make my food, make my intake much healthier. Well, I don't see how we, like, as soon as this ends, then we're going to start going to rest. We're going to start wanting to go into restaurants again. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I, like then, then we're going to be get, you know, eating at restaurants and all that. Like, but I, I, th- that's one thing I'm really trying to, one thing I really want to um, kind of shout out to is all the restaurants that are doing, yeah. um, like selling groceries out, uh, out yeah. there or, or making pre-made things. Like I, I've been really trying to support any like local mom and pop restaurants because I can, can't imagine just how hard it is for the restaurant community right now. Well, I have a friend um, who runs a restaurant. And he's one of the people who turned his restaurant um, over into a, a one of the restaurants over into a, a, a community, a grocery store. It's called um, Bakari. And it's just fascinating me because if you think about the restaurant business, they always talk about how hard they are to maintain because they have very tight margins and they can like be hit or miss. But I wonder if this moment and what we're seeing from this creativity will be um, a catalyst to get a lot of restaurant owners. So you think about how can they diversify their business on a on an ongoing basis so that they can weather whatever economic hit might happen, even if it's not something that's like this big, but something that are more regional or even just affects their industry. And it's it's really amazing just how many industries have been affected through this, and like that's my mm-hmm. biggest fear through this. And like, but I also think there's like it, it's my biggest glimmer of hope is just how much ingenuity is happening right now. Like I know in Hollywood, I I know almost everyone I know isn't working, but I do know that people are still watching TV. They're still they're still looking for content, and that we're like I think we'll figure it out. Whether it means that we're like. You know, filming people and filming people at home on their iPhones or whatever it is. <laughs> I think that like every industry is going to figure out how to navigate through this. Um, I think it's just t- taking us all a little bit of time to get on our feet. I think the tough part is that we don't really know how long this is going to last. Right. But so to that point, to that point, so are we going to get to a point where there's no more entertainment and we've we've, we've we have literally consumed all of the entertainment that's been filmed? <laughs> wow that sounds so sad i do think that like after a quite a few months there is going to be um a lot of a lot of people's favorite shows won't be able to be made and so there'll be a lot of things that people are you know the shows that people are fans of that may or may not like be able to be produced and during this time so i do think there is going to be 
um, a lull. I don't think that's going to, I think the networks probably have, you know, a fair amount of stuff for the time being and they can rely on reruns and things. And, but I do think that there is going to be a, um, I, I think when this gets opened up, there's going to be uh, a lot of stuff being produced and a lot of stuff being made because people are just sitting at home digesting all this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Do you think afterwards there's going to be a lot of content that is um, inspired by this, either directly where it'll deal with a pandemic or whatever, or indirectly? With the I know for me, I've been writing myself and I have... Um, I have a lot of ideas right now that are kind of come out of this. I and mean, I, I think, you know, people, artists of all kind are probably going to be looking at this and th- figuring out how do you communicate what we're all going through. I think that's what's, what is kind of wonderful is we're all uh, kind of wonderful and kind of awful is that we're all kind of going through this at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so we all are having a common human experience. And I think that's when art, art and artists can really communicate something that we all can kind of understand and i think that that that's one of the glimmers of hope that's kind of going on through this is that they're saying that we can no matter where you are on the globe this is happening whether yeah. you're in i mean, we're all wrestling with the same kind of conversations whether you're in sweden whether you're in the united states whether you're in china and it really shows that we're all very similar whether you're in india and i you know i you know, there's so much going on on the globe. I and mean, you look at what's happening in Kenya right now. And, you know, there's... With the locusts, you mean? Well, there's the locusts and there's um, stampedes happening for food because no one can work because of the because of COVID. Hmm. So, I mean, there's there's varying degrees of what's happening and, and how we're, we are um, balancing the economy and our public health and all of this. And I think it's, you know, we're all kind of figuring it out. I think it's very interesting to kind of see. So before I let you go, where can you be found on the internet or the socials or, 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 or somewhere else? Yeah. So uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Z A C H and uh, my last name Z Y S K O W S K I. So it's at Zach Zykowski at Z A C H Z Y S K O W. SKI. How many times do you spell that a day? Oh my God. <laughs> I, I immediately know who the telemarketers are. <laughs> For sure. I love it. For I sure. Love it. And, and actually, uh, I, I have one question before my last question for you. So you mentioned um, the violin and, and I know you tour all around the world and everything. Um, did you have any um, tours coming up or shows coming up that were affected by this? No, I, uh, well, actually, um, I do play the Santa Monica Symphony. Um, and so two of our performances were canceled. Um, and so the rest of the season of the Santa Monica City was canceled. I know that the arts communities hit really, really hard. So the LA Phil, all these places are, have been canceled. Um, and so I, I actually am really worried for like what's going on with the arts community in general. Um, but yeah, so I um, and I was I played the string quartet. So we had a couple performances that were going that have been canceled. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I think it's definitely affecting uh, live performance, and that's it's it's too bad because a lot of people who you know do perform gig to gig, um, they need all the money they can get, and it, who knows when you know concerts and. Um, 
and live performance will really kind of open up. Yeah, because if you're if you are pl- if you if you um, if, if you are a gig worker, you you know that and you plan accordingly, and you know, okay, well, I have this gig now, and I have this other gig coming up in X number of days or a period of time, so you can plan for that. But then, if all of a sudden that like that gap becomes longer, and you aren't able to plan for it, then that could be catastrophic. Yeah, and I think you know. I, I really hope that we support our, our artists and our musicians uh, because I, I think that a lot of these organizations are kind of already holding on by a thread. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I, whatever we can do to kind of support those in our community who, you know, really make life worth living, I, I think is really important. That's great. And so speaking of life worth living, what do you hope to take away from this experience when it's all done, either you personally, or what do you hope that we as a society or a country take away from it? I really like what the queen said about, you know, having a time for prayer and meditation. I, I really think that like, if this can give us some solitude and some, and a period of time where we can kind of look within and kind of see our, ha- our common humanity, I really hope. Um, and I hope that's not too optimistic of a, um, ideal out of this i i really think that there's an opportunity for all of us to kind of see what kind of binds us together and i think that's the kind of beauty that can come out of this i mean global warming is like i think the biggest issue of our our generation and i hope that this kind of uh gives us a um you know we're it's really inspiring that we're all kind of working together as a globe to uh, kind of tampered this thing down. And so if we can do that, maybe we can use the same w- things that we've learned out of the, co- out of COVID and use that to uh, help us with, you know, a lot, a lot of things that are to come, a lot of big struggles that are to come like global warming. Another episode there, I mentioned the situation with this movie contact. You remember that movie? Mm-hmm. I forgot who played, who the actress was. They know with the aliens in the big pod, and they had a they had an interesting way of communicating through time and space and everything else. And but ultimately, the message was, or they sent a message that was dispersed throughout the different pods, and the world had to work together in order to resolve it. And I feel like that's that's what we're dealing with now. To your point, is that we're, we've been giving this message to really hit home the fact that we have to work together for the things that are challenging us. As a, as a world. I mean, I think what's really, really so true is that our lives are looking more and more similar no matter where you are in the globe. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the, like, and I, and, you know, whether you're in Paris, whether you're in Los Angeles, whether you're in um, Johannesburg or Shanghai, like, I think that there's a lot in our lives that are more similar than they are different. And I think, you know, that's one of the wonderful things that I've loved about travel and my, you know, and, and traveling. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, being able to now I'm like, I'm a lot of the people who I don't necessarily see all the time who uh, live in Stockholm or live in Paris or live in Poland. Mm-hmm. Wherever they are, I'm a like 
I'm talking to them as much as I'm talking to people who live down the street. And I think there's like that, that kind of connection, that kind of global connection. Um, this is only going to strengthen. And I think that is definitely a positive. And I hope that it um, can cause, you know, can do some things to uh, bring us close together as a, as a globe and a world. I agree. Well, it's great to be connected to you. I know we've, but known each other for a long time and keep coming in and out of each other's lives. So it's good to, to talk to you today. And to thank you for joining us on the podcast. And until next time, this is Quarantine and Chill. I'm Benson Jones. Thank you. Gracias. Toda oba. ni. Obrigado. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Quarantine and Chill, a creation of yours truly, Vincent Jones and Citizen Jones Travel. Much love to the amazing Ben Salk who produces, edits, and makes all the music for the podcast. If you love this episode, please like and leave positive comments on the podcast platform of your choice. You have no idea how much that helps us. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, where you can learn more about today's guests and get any resources mentioned in the conversation, as well as connect with other citizens in the Quarantine and Chill community. Until tomorrow, this is Vincent Jones reminding you to wash your hands. Let's quarantine and chill. Quarantine and chill. Let's quarantine and chill. Quarantine and chill. You know you can't go nowhere. Chill. Quarantine and chill. chill.